Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. That weird cat noise you did before we started. Oh, oh, I'm trying not to burp better, like that. It's better than your nasty ass burp you just I, did in that blanket. You can keep that blanket over there. You don't want you don't want this blanket? That's how I've collected all my blankets. I've either burped or farted in all of them. That's how I've marked them as mine. Oh, that's why there's a blanket collection in this house. Sure. Yeah. Sure there is. I can't give it away once once I've marked it. Let's change the subject. Today is Friday, December 4th. Correct. Three weeks till Christmas. Isn't that what we said earlier in the kitchen and we both almost had a nervous breakdown? Three weeks till Christmas. When you're hearing this, two weeks till Christmas. Two weeks till Christmas from when you're hearing this, which means three weeks to the new year from when you're hearing this. Thank God. You know I'm going to be very happy to do what? Not the right twenty twenty on every goddamn thing. I know. And just write twenty twenty one. No, just write twenty one. Because you can tell if you make a one a zero. Because then who writes fucking box zeros? Some people write box zeros. Don't make fun of their handwriting. No one makes fun of your handwriting. Your handwriting is probably the worst handwriting. My handwriting is not bad at all. Excuse me. My mother's handwriting is bad. Well, yeah. Yes, your numbers are bad. Because inevitably, every year, this is also kind of like our countdown to Royal Rumble, right? Because New Year means oh almost as Royal Rumble season. talk about 12 and 21? Yes! No one can it's ever ridiculous. tell the difference between 12 everyone's and 21. everyone's a fucking moron. That's what I'm saying right now. <laughs> what fucking two looks like that in the front of 21? None of them. It's always a 12, you fucking cuck. So whoever the person is, I'm saying right now. You're a little aggressive. Alexa, (laughs) remind me on Sunday, January 31st at 6.30 p.m. about the number 12. (laughs) Okay, I'll remind you January 31st at 6.30 p.m. Is it officially on the 31st? I don't know, but we'll figure it out then. Because I have written down in my planner the 24th. We'll figure it out. If you're new here... Samantha, in the first five minutes of the goddamn podcast every week, brings up something that boils my blood, so I'm in an angry mood the rest of the podcast. Which means that we're married. Which means we're married, and we talk and about uh, random movies that we watch. Why are you so aggressive? Because I take offense to the fact that no one can read my 12s and 21s. You should make them more pronounced. You should take it as constructive criticism. On the back of this card right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write one of the two numbers. Okay, and then you got to ask I want you to tell me uh-huh. which way it is. I'm going to flip the card around a bunch of different ways so you can't discern, like, which okay. way it was intended to be. Okay. Yada, yada, Here, yada. close my eyes. My hand is over my eyes. Perfect. Well, like, you have to write it like how you normally would write them. Not right. like fancy schmancy trying to fuck it up. 
Why are you laughing so much? Did you fuck it up? Because I just saw what I did. I get it. Oh, now you get it? You're a fucking dick, man. No, okay. All right. All right, so don't pay attention. All right, so hold on. I can't believe that you just went on that rampage and then you get it. Oh, man. See, I don't, I can't tell. If you intended it to be a 12 or a 21, I can't tell. It's a 21! I, it could be a That's 12. That's a dumb two. That could be a two. That that looks just like that one. No, no, it doesn't. Yes, because, it does. No, because a two has the bigger curve at the top. See, that's the first one I did, and it was like perfect. This is a two. If you turn it upside down, that's not a two. Yes, it is. No, it's not. A two is straight. That's curved. Your curves are not very pronounced, so it looks more like a Z. So it could be either way. Legit. That could look okay. We're gonna forget about this conversation, and then we're gonna. I'm gonna take it for you. How quickly and poorly I wrote the killing on the front of this card. It's terrible. <sighs> Whatever. I'm so <laughs> mad and angry. <laughs> At all of this. Anything going on? No. Cool. Uh, was going to try to watch Mank today. First day that Mank hit Netflix. Well, didn't have the ability to do so. I, I guarantee by next week's episode, I will have watched it. So that way I can talk about it. Um, nothing else that we've watched, right? No, I've been done. very I've been busy, busy at well. work. Yep. I haven't been taking full lunch break, so I haven't been able to Same. watch anything. Not much going on. I want to give a, so. a quick pimp and a shout out. If you're not subscribed, as I talk about the end of the show, to me on Instagram, at your host, Malt38. At Jam With Your Sam is mine. Is my handle on Instagram. Then make sure you do so. Because one day, I'm going to live stream the murder of my wife. The killing, if you will. Ah. Hey. Ah. Uh, I've been yeah. having some very good Box and Friends episodes uh, over the past uh, couple weeks, so make sure you're subscribed there. And also, uh, friend of the show, podfather of Arcade Audio, Rich Camelucci, his channel, at Rich Cammy for uh, the Whack Pack that he does every single day where he opens up a random pack of cards. We did an episode today that was uh, undoubtedly the best part of my day. Because oh, that's nice. It was the 45 minutes that I was away from you. And, uh, you were here the entire fucking day. Yeah, but like it was the first 45 minutes since you'd been home that I was away from you, so it was perfect. Where we opened up uh, All My Children, ABC's uh, soap opera All My Children cards and American Gladiator cards, and it just filled my heart with such joy. So uh, go back, take a look at those. And also, those are all uh, charitable things. Uh, they're fundraisers for various charities. Uh, we also have been in the charitable spirit. If you're listening to this, go out and do something charitable. We uh, did the Salvation Army Angel Tree at our daughter's school and picked up some Legos and some clothes for a child in need. We had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, uh, it didn't have as much fun when we saw that a parent got a kid a fucking bike. Uh, Look, it's not about the gift that they get. It's the fact that they get a gift. You know? know, we do it out of the goodness of our heart, even though... I will say. We could, I will say. We could use that money to pay off some of the debt we have. Sure. I don't care how much debt we're in. If I can... Bring some joy into someone's life. Sure. I always want to try to I will to do also that. say that uh, we left with the table of choices that we were. Oh we my picked God. the clothes and Lego option. And it says on all the things, like the children will be happy with whatever, don't feel pressure to like follow the recommendations. But I picked the clothes and Legos because everything else on the table was like, like the kid wanted tablets, bikes. One kid wanted a basketball hoop. 
And it's like, okay, I didn't look at the age. It could have been three, and it could have been, like, like the, the small little, like, little tykes one. Like we have yeah, but that little tykes one was still, like, 60 bucks. That's 30. I think that's probably the reason why we're in so much debt. What? Because things actually cost 60 bucks, and you're like, nah, it's 30. No, they did not cost 60 do- I was almost asked Alexa how much a little trikes basketball thing I'll is. Look no, it was like thirty, forty dollars. Little tights basketball. I mean, what's up with you and fucking on me with numbers? I just like it. It's funny. You're trying to fuck on me. I fuck on you all day. Um, this little tights toddler easy mm-hmm. score basketball set adjustable mm-hmm. hoop three balls in mm-hmm. pink. Yeah, well, we don't have it in pink. Well, we, we don't have it in pink, but okay, let's see. What's this one for the pink? The pink one. How much? Where's the price? Dummy. It's on Wish. Why are you on Wish? I don't know. Things on oh, Wish are like three. Yeah, things on Wish are like three or a hundred dollars. I don't know. Look, I don't know. I just looked. I googled why? it. No. Why do you suck? I gotta put up with you, man. Why do you suck so bad? Little Tykes basketball hoop. Ta-da! Boom! Right here. Target. Twenty four ninety nine. That's not the Thank same one. Thank you. Kohl's twenty four ninety nine. Walmart fifty six dollars. Okay, I think we got it at Walmart. So it's somewhere in there. But the tri- <laughs> I'm just today's with podcast's you. name is about the film and the action that will occur on today's show. It is the killing. It's a Criterion Collection film. Allow me to read the box now so we can stop talking about our lives and talk about the movie so I can be happy again. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. The Criterion Collection, a continuing series of important classic and contemporary films, presents The Killing. Stanley Kubrick's account of an ambitious racetrack robbery is one of Hollywood's tautest, twistiest noirs. Aided by a radically time-shuffling narrative, razor-sharp dialogue from pulp novelist Jim Thompson, and a phenomenal cast of character actors, including Sterling Hayden, Colleen Gray, Timothy Carey, Alicia Cook Jr., and Mary Windsor. The killing is both a jaunty thriller and a cold-blooded punch to the gut. And with its Yes! And with its precise tracking shots and gratifying sense of irony, it's Kubrick at the core. That's one Damn it, I, got th- I go through jaunty and tautis and yada, was, yada, yada. I was like, mm, it sounds like you're saying with things its, wrong. With its precise, well, just, they're just big words you don't understand for your little brain. Mm. With its precise tracking shots, that's a hard thing to say, so it must be up. And of course, there's a, a, the Criterion, so there's all kinds of Blu-ray special editions, which I actually want to check out. Shout out to, if you're listening, this uh, underscore crawdad man, a uh, friend of the show and friend of the Arcade Radio Network, who I was promoting uh, the podcast today on the Whack Pack. Uh, said that he has his criterion and recommends it. It's uh, got a lot of cool, good stuff on it. So want to go back and watch some of it. So this is a movie I didn't know much about when purchased. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the criterion sales that go on on both their website and Barnes & Noble several times throughout the year. They do a lot of BOGOs. Um, and I saw, I, you know, this is probably one that I was like, oh, I need to get, like, a, fit, a fourth or a sixth movie to, like, make the deal make sense. Saw Kubrick and also saw, um, I know that I knew about the ending of this movie because I very much will go down rabbit hole sometimes on 
websites like uh, IndieWire and Collider and like all those like film news and review websites that'll go over like like famous shots, famous endings, famous closing images, stuff like that. And I know that The Killing was featured on that for its ending, and I think that's I, like I recognize the name. And that's kind of how we came to uh, to own it. Did you know anything about this movie before we began watching it? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, did you enjoy the movie? Um. AKA, how much of this did you actually see? Because I looked over at a few points and you were sleeping. I wasn't asleep. My eyes were closed. Um. No, I I I watched. I was wait for most of it. I know what happened most of it. I liked it more the more it went on. Like, I, I liked the ending a lot. Okay. And it made me like, huh, it's so true. All that effort for shit. It's a great metaphor for life. No, um, I liked it the more it went on. Um, you know, it's not something I would, I would seek out watching. Totally not my. It's black and white. It's totally not my kind of movie. What do you have a problem with black and white for? I just don't particularly enjoy black and white movies. I like the vibrancy that color adds. That's why The Wizard of Oz is so great because of the juxtaposition of the black and white and the vibrant colors. Technicolor. Um, as an example. No, I just. It's just. I didn't. I wasn't into it until towards the end. That was all. Did you like it? Oh, yeah, I loved it. It was, oh, it was great. Yeah, we know. It's your kind of movie, bro. Hey. <laughs> what am I even here then for, huh? Uh, you can just be me for the whole show then. So go ahead. I'll just sit here for the next 40 minutes. You just do me and, uh, you know. Oh, hey, I'm going to try to do an impression of somebody. It's going to be terrible. Oh, wait, that's just how I am. <laughs> cool. You have 49 and a half minutes still to entertain people. No, you said Oh, wait, you've never entertained anybody a minute in your life. That's not true. I liked it. I didn't love it. Mm. You're only saying that now because no, I called you out. No, honestly. I, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I had several issues with certain things, but overall, I thought it was a, a good film. Um, the, the best part of it is the man behind the camera. You can de- in, indefinitely see Kubrick's influence on it wonderfully shot um if yeah if you gave a shit about how movies are looking are shot uh which you don't uh, yes i do great tracking shots couple good long takes the way he frames things are just impeccable um and for a movie that came out 65 years ago next year like things that you know most people don't have any comprehension in today um, he also wrote the story. Uh, I liked the the story. It's very influential. Quarantino has gone on record as, as saying this is, and you can, it, it's obvious. It's obvious. It yeah. is. It is a huge uh, influence on Reservoir Dogs, and that it's basically the same movie. Okay. I mean, replace a jewel heist with uh, a racetrack robbery, and you know you have a uh, an interesting band of characters, career criminals, and and various people coming together to. Yeah, but the one thing about Tarantino is he can fully develop a character in such a short amount of time. Here, I found myself, yes. as I do with predominantly white male casts. In this era of movies, which I think I've talked about before, it's very hard for me to tell the characters apart sometimes. 
Yes, I know. Oh, they they look different. This one's fat. This <laughs> they one's look thin, very different. I know, but I, I think I said the same thing with like Twelve Angry Men as well. It's a great movie. I'm not saying mm -hmm. anything about that. I'm just saying like maybe I have such a hard time with the black and white because I, you know, everything gets like muddled together a little bit more than I feel like it would if it was color. That's my only gripe about it. Um, when it comes to that. So maybe that's my biggest pain point with black and white movies is, and because like when it's predominantly male and most of them kind of sound the same, it, it gets to be a little bit muddled, I guess. Like that would be my only thing. I know like the main guy, like I knew him. Like, oh yeah, he, he was a cool motherfucker. He that's was why. the coolest motherfucker, but like the other supporting characters, and there were a lot of different characters too, even just like well, and this also, little one, this one movie, shots. This movie also gets into, that's not what a one shot is, uh, well, this movie I, gets into a little bit of, you know, Tarantino, a lot of his charisma based off of his like the shifting narrative and the... And the... um And, and, and like the non-linear storytelling. Yes. Like I thought that was a little bit overblown in this because it is essentially in order except you just kind of go backwards... To see where this character from a point of view, right, from the point of view, not, not necessarily, necessarily like how things intersect, like in and Pulp like, Fiction, yeah. as an example. Um, most famous. but like uh, this apparently was most still very confusing late. for people when it first came out. And I was they have to do the and narration. I was confused at first because like I was thinking that things were not as they seemed. Like I thought like the first scene was like we were already in like the uh, the, uh, the heist, if you will. Um, and it was really just, like, the setup behind it. But I, I get your point to a certain extent about uh, some of the characters being underdeveloped. I, I wish that it was a little bit more even in that, I mean, even the lead, you know, you get a very, very brief backstory in that, you know, he's a career criminal who just recently gotten out and is looking to get one more score before he goes off to, to live with the most 50s wife woman of all time. Right, and, like, she could have been... Susie Q on the street. I mean, she basically was. I mean, that that was right. that. That's who that character is in all sure. those movies, right? And, I, but... and of course, in in 2020, I have a problem with that. But uh, but then you know, you and then the uh, the bartender, you know, he has a sick wife at home. And then you only really get like one scene of that. But then like the other guy, uh, what the fuck's his name? Um, George. You get so much of him and his wife, mm. Sherry. Like mm. it's too much, and those scenes Truth are just. In, uh, what is it? Art imitates life. What? How unhappy they were. Oh, so what you mean to tell me is that one day when I finally pull off the big heist, mm -hmm. your lover's gonna come in and fuck it all up? Yep. Leave it to a woman to screw up a good idea. Uh, I got my first note, by the way, because like the the opening credits just. Uh, occur over you know shots of the racetrack and races happening it was like oh so it's a horse story huh uh, I hate you so much. but the movie itself there was many things that i i kind of went back and forth a lot ultimately the things that i liked i liked well enough to where i still thought it was good but like wasn't a fan of the narration or the voiceovers. Well, I thought neither it was... was Kubrick. Neither was Kubrick. What? He didn't want... The... He didn't feel it necessary to the story is what I read. That he didn't feel it necessary and he didn't like it. I so agree. He it purposefully, wasn't He purposefully, you know, made it inaccurate or throwaway lines. Well, it was, it was very verbose. 
but it was like overly verbose. So like it would be fucking you know Johnny just like going to the hotel to like then this is an an exact like replica. I'm just like saying like it would feel like Johnny would go to the hotel to switch out like the box of flowers with the gun. It'd be like at 10:35 p.m. Johnny traversed his way over to the local haberdashery that he was staying in and. Made sure to switch up. And I'm just I'm just using big fucking fifties oh. words to explain like how it was. And it was like, okay, you know, you know, it's nonlinear storytelling, but the setup makes it more confusing than needed. And I think that was a problem, is that like it was trying to drape itself as being being more cerebral than it actually was. And, I think that's a good description. And, and it turned out to be more jarring to watch when it that really it, didn't it need to it. be. It hurt it. Yeah, it hurt it overall. Um, and like I, I, just I thought that they spent way too much time on Sherry. Sherry I and George. Think that I think that really dragged the momentum. She of the movie ragged, dragged it down. I thought she was good. I didn't. I didn't mind the actress at all. I thought she was. She was much better than Faye. Granted, Faye was only in like a scene and a half. Yeah, but I think that, that woman I thought was a good actress at least. Yeah, but I just didn't like her story. I didn't like bug eyed George's facial expressions were the most like exaggerated thing. Always at like bug eyes and like he plays this like cowardly bad guy so over the top that. You know, it was hard to really sink your te- teeth into it. So that combination mixed into what you were saying about Sherry, and you figured they had it was just like four a nagging or five character. Scenes. Yeah, it was just nagging. I think and some, it down. like like this, like like you're a no good nosy little tramp. I thought like that was a appropriate description of her character, and like she's just a little gold digger, you know. And I just, I think you're right. She she did. I think the actress did a fine job. With what she had, I just think the material was shit. And they spent so much time focusing on her being a gold digger. Mm-hmm. And her having an affair with this other guy. And her pretending to like George. And then having these mood swings or whatever it is. And I was like, okay, the, I get her it. Her eavesdropping on like right. the, so the planning like, meeting. Well, and her get, just getting smacked around. I get and... that she's the MacGuffin of the film. But we really so, didn't spend so much time on so, her. That was difficult. Um, but then, like, basically once, like, the day of start, kind of starts, like, the last, like, 20, 25 minutes, yeah, then it everything escalates. Yeah, it picks up and everything escalates so quickly. Even, like, kind of, like, the day of when things are happening, like, when those characterizations, when those little small pockets start happening... Like, uh, the Russian dude. I love the Russian dude. I was like, who the fuck is this Russian chess man? I have no idea anything he just said. I couldn't said. understand a fucking word he like, said half the, the damn time. Happened? And then when he shows up to the bar to be, like, the distraction to, like, allow Johnny to go in and do the heist. And, like, his shirt gets ripped off. And he's just, like, the most oddly shaped hairy dude I've ever seen in my life. And you're friends with Rich. <laughs> damn it, took my line. <laughs> And, like, he's just, like, bear-clawing people. And this guy, in real life, was apparently a, not only a chess master, but also a professional wrestler. Uh, like, he's so brutish and awkward that it's like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, and then who the fuck was this guy with the rifle and the puppy? Hold on. I, we got to talk about this Nicky guy. So this guy apparently is, like, some kind of cult legend. That, that's uh, Timothy Carey. And he only Carey. talks out of half of his mouth. No, it wasn't even, like, he... I, he there's no... Not I, even... A, like, his jaw is wired shut. I got the strongest vibe from him that, like, somewhere in the early 50s, 
Nicolas Cage's mom <laughs> and Jackie Stallone, like, accidentally, like, jerked off onto the same Petri dish and birthed this guy. Because, like, he was weird Nicolas Cage-ish, but he also had, like, kind of a Stallone thing at the same time. And, like, all of his facial expressions and all the way that he talked was so fucking outlandish and bad that, like, as soon as I, as soon as he happened to appear, um... And I wrote, what the fuck is wrong with the way this Nikki guy talks? Uh, in that very, very blatant Reservoir Dogish scene where, like, like you said, there's a random puppy involved. Yeah. He's shooting random things. Like, it's the quick back and forth conversation between the two. I was like, okay, well, I kind of like the vibe a bit. And then later on, when it's, like, just him and the parking attendant, that scene was just fascinating. And I don't know if it was because, like, how weird he was. That was like, oh, this guy's surefire LVP, without question. And as I'm watching, I'm like, you know, he's just so fucking enigmatic and, like, weird. That, like, in, I, like, the bur- worst way. In the worst way, but also, like, I wanted to see more of him. Like, when he got gunned down, like, kind of anticlimactically, yeah, after, super he, after he shoots the horse, I was like... Oh man, like I didn't, oh, I didn't want that guy. Very much reminded me, uh, like he's the Michael Madsen of the movie. You know what I mean? Like he's the Mister Orange. You know, cutting the ear off the guy and dancing to "Stuck in the Middle with You." Like that's that's that character. You know, so like I ultimately like don't think that he's the LVP of the movie, but he's definitely odd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, are you even paying attention to a word I'm saying? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm just looking at this so I can talk about stuff, too. Conversate with me. I don't have anything to add to that. I said, yes, I agree. You're the one that initiated it. So, like, you well, have... I said I didn't like him, and then you're like, oh, I just want more of him. Well, then, but, do you get what I'm saying? Yes, I get what you're saying. Okay. Uh, so you have a lot of stuff like that, where... You have these oddball characters in this in this world, in this situation. But then you have Marv, uh, who's kind of just like the planner of it all, I guess. I guess. I feel like I was like also watching like pre, pre, pre Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, sure. Where he was like the... Like the, the Carl Reiner character. Yeah, the Carl Reiner character. Just like kind of bringing it all together. Or not even Carl Reiner. The, like the, um, the financer, the, the Saul character. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Elliot Gould. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a combination of the two. Yeah. Because there was a really good scene, like, the day of. Uh, I guess, obviously, he's, like, a drunk. Is this find it later? Like, was he pl- faking being drunk? I don't know. And then they're all like, oh, I would do anything for you, Johnny. How many people suck this guy's dick? They'd do anything for him. What, like, what's that connection? <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but... Uh... Like, I like, like, the coolness and, like, the well, way he that... he had so much adoration, that's where it came from. Sure, but also, like, the adoration he also had for Marv, like, that they're kind of seeing the morning of, and, like, you know, they're both, like, you know, whatever happens, and the line, this sort of thing. I, I did, There was just a, a certain level of cool, like, that era swag to it, between those two specifically, that I really, sure. really dug. Um, but... The cop character was also wholly underdeveloped. Like, he just owed a bookie. Yeah. And you didn't get anything else from that. Yeah, what else? Like, yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, Johnny, I love the actual heist itself, despite the fact that that's $2 million, like, I'm Argentinian. 
Uh, <laughs> that was not two million dollars in yeah. money. And I mean, let's get like. I well, mean, th- back I don't know then, did they have did they have larger bills back then? Well, did, they did have. Th- they still had a five thousand. Well, or a thousand, sorry, they sold a thousand dollar bill, bill and a five hundred dollar bill. Probably. So that, so if that's the case, maybe, but still, that's that's. Also, is this? Are they running the Kentucky Derby every ten minutes? What the fuck does the racetrack need two million dollars in cash for? Well, that was the bets that they took. Where was this? I don't know. Where was it supposed to be? Nebraska. I don't <laughs> know. Nebraska. There's not two million dollars in Nebraska right now. Who knows? Uh, but, like, the heist itself, that mask was cool and terrifying for, like, a 1950s hold-up mask. It was like the ones that the Joker had in uh, Dark Knight. Yeah, like yeah. Like, his, his people, which so the like heist, too. The, uh, that whole little section was, was good. And then, you know, they kind of get away. They're waiting for the meetup. And then before I you mean, know it, in a span of 90 seconds, George's throwing a fit. And then was the guy Val? Was that the yeah Val the um, lover? The lover comes in with his guys, and then gun flies everywhere, and boom, Marv dead, dead. cop dead, bartender dead. His his wife's gonna die waiting for that soup, in her bed. She's gone. Uh, And then George is wounded, but manages to get back to his house to have one more worthless scene with Sherry. Although thankfully he does shoot her, and they both die. Um, Everybody dead. Everybody dead except Johnny. Who's gets away with the cash? Yeah, who, who gets away? Uh, you know, vi- buys. All right, so here here is maybe my biggest gripe of the whole fucking movie. So you just got two million dollars, right? Why the fuck are you gonna go and get a used suitcase, man? He doesn't want to draw attention to himself, bro. I don't give a fuck. Go get the best suitcase you can find, man. Uh, yeah, I guess that was a little... There's a good long shot of uh, Johnny and Faye at the like the ticket counter. Because he had already like checked his bags earlier today, which I didn't know was a thing you could do back in the 50s. He's like, hi, you... I'm, I'm flying out at 8 p.m. tonight. I just want to give you my bags and I'll be back. You could smoke on planes in the 50s. You could do anything. Fair, fair point. Uh, 9-11 hadn't happened yet, man. Pre, this is very much a pre-9-11 movie. Uh... The bag is too big to check. It would be too big to check today. Carry on. Carry on. That's what I meant. Too big, it was too too big, big to carry, carry on, on today. Like, t- You're telling me this was his first time flying on an airplane? Maybe. I mean, he was he was in prison for like, what, like 10 years, I think they said? It was his. Know. But how did he know he could go and, and check also, the bag earlier? Was prison like different in the 50s where it's like, oh yeah, I'm like on, I'm guessing he's paroled or I'm guessing like he's, I, he's just like. I don't know. We didn't get any of that backstory. I don't know. Have you ever been to prison? Yes, actually, I have been to prison. So when I'm no, you're not telling this goddamn year, story again. You open the fucking door. Look, when I was in my freshman year of high school, took criminal justice classes because I really you wanted to be a lawyer. Definitely told the story like three times on this podcast. Okay, let's make it four. I, you know, wanted to be a lawyer, so I took a criminal justice class. We had a field trip to the Miami Dade Men's Prison. Fun. It was real fun, and I, I was like a freshman. So how old was I? I was like fourteen. Which means you looked like eight. Yeah. So we're walking through the prison and everything, and man, these men were just trying to grab us through the bars. They were just standing there jerking off, hooting and hollering. You always told us. The first time you ever told this story, we're like, I went to Miami-Dade prison, and some guy, like, jacked off on me. He he did. He So I was walking, like, the hallways are not, like, in, like, the movies. We're, like, there are these big hallways. They're 
tiny ass little hallways. If you walked like normal, like you had your, you know, your shoulders out, your one shoulder's touching the wall and the other one is touching the bars. That's basically how narrow these walkways are. And the guy was right up at the bars with his dick through the bars, like jerking it. It was really, it was traumatizing, man. I was, I was 14. I hadn't seen another dick yet. I didn't see any dicks. It said this guy's dick, and he was jerking. I mean, we ran through the thing, and they said they couldn't take us to the women's prison because it was worse. I don't know how. The fuck was it worse? You just go down the hall, and it's just like like the Bellagio of like prisoners squirting down the hallway? We will never know. Anyway. So, yes, I've been to prison. Have like, you ever been you, to prison? No, I've never been to a prison. What would you go to prison for, do you think? When I go to prison, you don't want to know right now. Uh... When you get like released, like like you do your time, aren't you still like confined? Is it different than parole? Where like if you're paroled, normally you have to check with an officer. You can't leave like the state or the city. So this the guy's just gonna fly. The extent of both of our knowledge of the legal justice system is from Law and Order SVU. Yes, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Let's Fair. call Tony, our lawyer friend. He's in real estate. He's not gonna fucking I'm sure know. He knows. God. The uh, ins and outs of the law and what happens. So, so ultimately, we have this basically just this customer service <laughs> disagreement where they ultimately decides to check the bag. Well, yeah, because I, I really loved it though. I was like, that's the kind of manager I want to be. Where he's like, okay, we'd be glad to reschedule you on another flight. He's like, well, no, I want to, I want to go on my flight now. It's like, okay, then you need to check your bag. He's like, no, I want to bring my bag with me. No. Sorry. Yeah, that guy was that guy Bye. was boss. Like he was he was boss. He was like not having any of it. And you you keep getting these shots of these these two suspicious men like standing by like a payphone like looking around kind of eyeing Johnny. You kind of probably sense where it's going. And then because it's the fifties, there's not like a uh, like a tarmac to like walk through to get to your plane. Like you stand behind a fence, wait for the plane to pull up, and then you walk towards it, and you can see the baggage just like no, being yeah, wheeled, yeah. wheeled wheeled across. And this bitch ass lady and her dumbass dog, no rule of threes on dogs, also by the way, um, like yaps out, and like the the cart has to like swerve off. Johnny's uh, Johnny's suitcase falls, and then the one lock of the, breaks. One of the best shots I've ever seen in my entire yeah, life in a movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like the, the the shot itself is gonna get an extra point or point and a half on this movie's total. The suitcase falls, and you just see they do a good job of making it feel like it was two million dollars yeah, in yeah. that moment. All this money, just like a vortex, a a tornado. Of money just well, swirling. Well, because you have still like the propeller. You have the wind and the propeller so and like, all of it just being released. Yeah. And it just sticks on cool. it for like 30, 45 and then, seconds. And then just his face is just blank. Just, he's just done. Just blank. And I'm like, I think that's great. He worked so hard. They. Uh, meticulous. The meticulous one good thing about the voiceover planning. is talking about them being on time, behind time, the exact minutes right, of things right. happening. Like they had this plan. This was going off without a hitch. And then. Everyone dies. Yeah, and and so when everyone and dies, Johnny realizes it because when he pulls up, George has survived and is like walking out bloody like to his car. And they all made the agreement off camera as the narration tells us that if at any point the mission is compromised, whoever is in possession of whatever at that time will proceed in their best interest, which that's just Johnny. Johnny's got his money. He's got to go. Right, but like just like his face knowing, oh, this is all for naught. And then mm -hmm. them... Hustling up and leaving, 
And then these men just come out after them, pull guns. Well, and also, well, so a couple of quick things. So number one, you got to think like that, that first part set the chain in the motion that like Johnny was not supposed to have all that money. He's only he's supposed to have what, uh, so he paid, he was paying Nikki like 7,500. He was paying the Russian dude like 5,000, just throwing out numbers. And then there was George, Marv, the cop. The yeah, bartender. Like five ways. Right? Five ways. So you figure they're each getting what's five into two million is, is what? Not 500,000. Uh, almost. Yeah, like like 350,000, I guess. Something like that. that. So like he could have very easily fit that in like probably like a, a Halliburton or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like that whole thing sets into that motion. So him and Faye are going to try to break out of it. And then he gets outside and she's still trying to like have him to go for it. And he just like is so resigned to his fate. He goes, and it's like like exactly in this tone, just eh, what's the difference? Yeah. And then cut, and then it just cuts to the two cops you saw earlier, just Walking like step, out. Step, they step out in unison, drawing their guns into these doors, and just boom, the end. And I was like, okay, that's a dope ass ending. We're just yeah, like, I really this guy's like the ending. It's the end. Yeah, I really like the ending. I liked it. The more, the closer and closer it got to the climax of the actual heist, and yeah. then the heist itself. Very noirish. Very, very, very noirish. I, I, I enjoyed that. The beginning of it was kind of muddled for me as lo- I, you know, wasn't too, too into it. But as the action picked up, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said, once the heist begins and you get a little bit of everybody, the, the, like I said, that Nikki guy in the parking attendant scene was just really something to behold. Like, I don't know if you mean that in a good way or in a I bad way. I honestly don't know because, like, he pulls up. First of all, he's driving a, ca- a car and he says that, you know, he wants the best spot because he can't get because he's a paraplegic. How was he driving the fucking car then? Man, they have they have. Do they? Things. I don't. I don't know. In the fifties, they did. I don't. Know. I believe it today. Like they have like like cranks or something. But <laughs> but if they're paraplegic, paraplegic is just from the waist down, right? Oh yeah, maybe. And yeah, quadriplegic, quadriplegic is from the is neck everything. down. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So like so like we just gotta push it. Just push his no, hand down under his leg. Like things like they hook their be. feet in and like they move them with the hands. So they're kind of combative there, but like he ultimately lets them in on like a bribe. And then the the and then the, the guy's guy like was super so seats nice. And the parking attendant is the only African American in the movie. Um, super nice. Like brings him a po- program. Wants like strike up a conversation with. Well, because them. he was so nice to him at the beginning, he was like schmoozing his way in. Yeah. So then, like, he thinks he has a rapport, and then, like, he doesn't. The guy is there to wait to fucking shoot a horse in the head. Right, and he didn't want this guy to be, like, involved. So finally, like, he has to, like, tell him off by calling him the fucking N-word. And then it gets super weird. It wasn't because of the character. It wasn't because of that guy. (laughs) It wasn't of the character. It was, like... I just felt like he came out of nowhere, because, like, this movie didn't use any other vulgar language or anything No, movies really didn't back then. Yeah, so that To be fair... It wasn't considered... That that, wasn't, like, a vulgar word back then, unfortunately. I know. I guess it's, like, you know, the hindsight of watching it now. Yeah. But... So that was... That was definitely... Something, but like, saying, like, I wanted to spend more time with like those characters doing that. Like, give me another scene with the cop, you know, like in his whole deal and setup. Uh, mm-hmm. give me another thing of we had two, see, we had the Russian dude just saying goodbye to like the like the chess room essentially. We didn't get anything else with anybody else. It was just very like uneven in terms of the development of, development the of a lot of the characters, and especially for a movie that was only 84 minutes. 
I wouldn't have been mad at an extra 10 minutes getting a few more scenes with those people. Sure. To, you have some attachment when they just get gunned down by Johnny Hotlips. Whatever the fuck. Not Johnny. Uh, uh, George. Ma- Georgie Hot. No, there's no George. Marty Hotlips. Uh, there's a Mar-, Mar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's your MVP of the movie? Um. I mean, to me, I think it's pretty easy. Probably the Johnny. Yeah, I think it's Johnny. The main guy. Sterling Hayden. Uh, just, just got a lot of charisma. Just like, when he so, enters the room. Exactly. Just, just cool as fuck. Cool. Just like one of those Boy. like 40s, 50s, 60s cool ass dudes. His story is also very, very cool. I was like redoing some research on him. So, uh, actor Ar- Arthur. He was an aardvark. <laughs> actor, author, sailor, decorated Marine Corps officer. He was a lot of, uh, did a lot of leading, you know, Western and noir films, but like, didn't really like Hollywood. He was 6'5", like, you know, so like, yeah, he was probably big. presence. Uh, you know, like, in the, in the vein of like, like, Gable and Bogart and like, people like that, like, there's not a lot in terms of like, you know, like how they spoke, but it's just like this natural charisma. Mm-hmm. There's believable in like being those sort of like macho manly characters. Um, but yeah, this guy, you know, did a service to his country and then uh, just like hated film acting, really. Like he just basically acted just so he could like buy ships and go on voyages and just live his life on the sea. That sounds good to me. It's like, that's just fucking cool. Like, you know? Let's let's do it. He would, like, tell people that he's a sailor and a writer before he would tell them that he's an actor. Like, that's just a cool fucking way to be. Um, I'll go back to Hollywood to pick up a dollar, but that's all. Everything is wrong with that city. I just... That guy just fucking gets it. He was in The Godfather. I don't remember who he was in The Godfather, specifically. But, um... Yeah, yeah, well, definitely this, Sterling this quote is, is great. There's nothing wrong with being an actor, if that's what a man wants. But there's everything wrong with achieving an exalted status simply because one photographs well and is able to handle dialogue. I think that's great. MVP in my book. So, yeah, Sterling Hayden's MVP. The other one, I had, other one I had was that Marv. I, I, like I said, like... Oh, he was a communist. Just... <laughs> no, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No, I, I think he fought against communism. no. He had a fling with communism. Is that what did I care for labor, for racial discrimination, for civil liberties? Cared in my own fashion. I care enough to embrace these things as props. It says here like he quit the communist party. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. So I still like him. I'm not a uh. member of the party. I'm not under the discipline or influence of the party. Not that I know of. What's more, I never was, even when I was a member. Yeah. Communism is just a red herring. Anyway, there's no more bullets left in this gun, you see. One plus two plus one plus one. Um, my backup MVP would have been Marv, uh, who, like I said, just, you know, I, he did a lot more early on, like the setup of, you know, giving the tickets to everybody on what time to meet and having more dialogue there. Second half, it kind of trailed off, but I still liked him. Uh, LVP. So, this one's tough because, like, like, we've talked about him a lot. And on the surface, that Nicky guy is just so odd but I think you like it's valuable in this movie I, okay well who else would you who, is that who you were gonna yeah, go with yeah that's who I was gonna go with so so I have two other ones I, I, my first person I wrote down was Faye 
because she was just such like that stereotypical nineteen fifties. Sure, enough to warm. Johnny, you gotta do this. No, ultimately, I don't think she did. My other person was going to be George, because not only did his scenes take up like yeah. so much like prime equity in the movie, but he like really was off tone a lot with how he was acting and how his face was yeah. making these weird contortions. But then I remembered I just watched Fargo like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, he's basically just William H. Macy in that movie. Like, just this wormy, slimy, like, like really kind of evil dude that will do whatever he needs to to triumph in like even just the smallest amount of ways in this harebrained scheme that he's like caught up in uh so like that like kind of started me like like being won over with how he was acting um i'm still fine with him i'm really fine with any three of them you choose then i all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something a little unprecedented on the show. I'm going to go back and watch one scene from this movie. I want to find a Timothy Carey scene from The Killing. And I want to watch it, and I want to see if it changes my mind. I just... It just really took him out. I'm watching the first scene. He's holding this dog. I hated that scene. I know you take care of it for me, Say, how long you had this place? Almost a year. Yeah, that's picturesque enough, but there can't be much profit in it. So there weird. isn't. But then there isn't much trouble in either. Okay, it's this guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was just guy. like, like he's trying to talk. He's like mumbling, he's, but he's like not he's opening his mouth. He's barely opening his mouth. Like purposefully. Like, I don't know. It. I just didn't. Yeah, I his, didn't char- enjoy his, his character actor mug, growling voice, and clenched teeth dialogue delivery. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it was. I didn't enjoy it. I I didn't think it was a right fit for this character, you know? Oh, I'm going to watch the scene of him. I'm just going to go really deep on this guy now. This is him in Pass of Glory, another Kubrick movie, famous with Kirk Douglas. Apparently he's the best part of the movie, and that's what this YouTube comment says. Let me see what it says. I just want to see if he keeps doing this. Yes, sir. <laughs> just how he talks. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, you Google this guy, and, like, this guy is famous. Like, people fucking love this guy. Like, they think he's, like... Okay, cool. This, like, epic character. Here, Come at the, me, bro. Timothy character. Timothy Carey. Timothy character. Timothy Carey.com. Oh, this is, like, a fucking GeoCities website. Oh, this is loud and annoying as... as oh, yeah. this. I don't want to get involved in this at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm going away from this immediately. All right, picture. so he's the LVP. Is this a picture of him with Danny Tro? I'm so confused. I'm getting out of this. Yeah, Timothy Carey, the LVP of the movie, The Killing. Uh, again, that might be controversial. I don't know, but I think it is the right choice. Faye, if Faye was in it more, I would push harder for Faye. And George... George fits in the scope of the movie. Like, yeah. honestly, it doesn't feel like that Nikki character should be in this movie. Right, right. I think that that's the biggest part. Is it not the Russian guy? 
I mean, I thought, I mean, he had some charisma, at least. I mean, he started that fight. He seemed very I, jovial until, he like... He could have been saying anything. It's true. I liked he was probably delivery. saying a bunch of communist shit. I liked his delivery, though. Yeah, I liked his delivery. Like, like I said, like he had a good, like, he had a good, like, oomph to I him. I mean, I think that's also part of it. And, God, I can't encourage you enough. Look up, like, Russian dude the killing shirtless. And, like... I mean, but maybe do it on like private browsing mode because who knows what your recommendations are going to be after you Google that. That's, that is some words, yeah. Right? But you're basically just Donald Trump at that point. Oh, God. Um, the guy looked like he was wearing a sweater after he ripped his shirt off. <laughs> it was amazing to watch. Uh, yeah, I. I want to. I want to watch more movies like this. Like this. Oh, I thought you were going to say you wanted to watch this again, and I was like, I'd watch I'm this going again to sleep. Oh, not right now. Good night. This, this is the kind of thing I want us to get more into. Is like you can get into whatever you want to get into, bro. Don't you don't need to take me down the same path. We are individuals. Oh, it's good, good to know. This is a this is a joint task. Our marriage is a joint task that we're working on, but we're individuals. Task is the right word. Uh, one we're going to get question. graded individually. For what this is project. the what is like the worst crime that you would like? commit with a group of people the worst crime i would commit or mm -hmm. have committed <laughs> both go for it i don't know i hung out with you i've been hanging out with you for the last 14 years of my life i don't mm. know i'm sure we got up to some shenanigans breaking and entering fuck you're right yeah uh it's mostly i'll get you up. know trespassing yeah Augie wasn't with us the one time we broke and entered, that was all you. When you broke into those people's houses and shat in the toilet? No. The neighbors who moved I out? I didn't break in. I leaned against the door, <laughs> and I it opened. It's not my fault that Greenwich Green in Gainesville, Florida... Oh, my God, don't go deep. Oh, I'm sure the statute of limitations is gone. Didn't lock this vacant apartment, and I took advantage of it by putting a roll of toilet paper in there and shitting in it for a month until they realized it. Man, we went to a, we went to a fucking buffet. What was that? Oh, God, I was in that place. They opened up like a barbecue buffet where the Shoney's used to be, where there was a wing house. Uh, it was a wing house as far as I know. And it was only open for like a month maybe. Me, Rich, and Matt White went there and got like $50 worth of fucking buffet food. And we all took turns in that toilet. And I'm pretty sure that that toilet shouldn't well, be considered a toilet where anymore. Where were we that you guys were playing Battleships? <laughs> Me and Augie, it's anywhere. I think that was at, anywhere. Uh, everywhere. Ponderosa, Ponderosa or, or like Perkins Ponderosa. or something. Uh, I want to point out, I, just, I know this is random. So uh, in my travels yesterday, I did a bunch of like Christmas shopping in uh, about 40 minutes away in like the Longwood, Altamont, Winter Springs area. And the way it took me back, I came across Full Sail. And there was never like any food options at Full Sail, right? There was always three things. There was a Panera, a Wendy's, and they had a wing house. Okay. That wing house is closed. Okay. But... <laughs> It's still opened as like a restaurant, and it's just an individual place. And you know what it's called? Augas. <laughs> and I was like, "That's just amazing." That that person was like so like Winghouse pulled their franchise, and it's like, "No, we're keeping this place open." So I really want to go there now. Okay, great. Because uh, also I really enjoy Winghouse. Winghouse's food was good, so if the food is still good, I'm, I'm for it. But. uh so yeah, so that's what happened there. I didn't break and enter. I just I I I accidentally broke into the door and entered it. <laughs> that's all that happened. Um I'm very happy this wasn't a bank heist because I would hate to hear you analyze fifties. 
I was already fearful you're gonna be like, man, why are they counting all that money? And I'm like, you don't know anything about a racetrack. Yeah, that's why I didn't comment because I've never been privy to be on that side of a racetrack. They don't have a security. Those four, those were like the four oldest dudes in the movie. They were the security. That's why they, yeah, that's why they targeted them. But you know, if if I were to give my feedback, um, I wasn't asking. Oh well. Yeah, I wasn't asking. No, no, thank you. Have Have you ever been to horse racing? Oh yeah. Bet, bet on horses yeah. and what about dogs? Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess only dogs. I don't think... I, I bet on horse races. Like, when my dad and I used to go to Highlight and go to, like, the dog track, like, they would have... Uh, we would always go through the book that, you know, had, like, the, the simulcast of, like, the horse yeah. race you put bets on. But Highlight is people, man. I, let me fucking finish. Oh. We'd go through the book at the horse names, and if there was a name that we particularly liked, we would just put a couple bucks on it. And then watch it on the screen because it was just like part of the experience. But I used to be very good at betting highlighting dogs, just basing like on the stats and stuff. So I've, I put money on horses, but never seen a horse race like live. Mm. Um, I believe this is the fourth Kubrick film that we've done. Um, we did 2001, Clockwork Orange, and The Shining. I don't think we've done any other ones. But hopefully we'll be doing. Oh my God. More. Oh, I know we did Doctor Strange Love. We've done five. Yeah, we've done we've done five. Mm. So that's um, and hopefully we'll be doing more. I think we have a couple more. Uh, but yeah, he is so damn good at his job. <laughs> like he really is in a class. And then you figure again, this is in the mid fifties that he's doing these yeah, things. Yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty advanced. So pretty so good. advanced and groundbreaking for his time that he pretty great. It's it, it's incredible. Anything else on the killing? I think we covered it. You drew it, so I score it first. I've been debating in my mind the score here. I have one written down, and I'm kind of waffling between a little worse and a little better than it. So I may end up just going with like the score that I was kind of thinking in my mind. I think it is technically incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound in everything I've been saying from a behind-the-camera aspect. One thing I did not like that actually is going to impact a little bit the music. I thought the music was very distracting. I didn't even really realize that. How it was so loud at points, like, and it was also loud and like kind of down moments. The music kind of overtook some parts of the movie, and then it was just kind of blaring and obnoxious at points. Like it, it was very obvious to me. And I'm normally not great at that if it's not like actual songs. If it's just a score, to me, it it was. So I was actually going to give it a a half point up. I'm going to take a half point off for that. Um, story was whatever. Really, a tale of two movies. Wish we had some more development other places. I'm gonna go with a six and a half. That's also what I was gonna give it. I, I think that's fair for the killing. It's you know it's a noir classic, but I think in modern times this has been done a little bit better in terms of like the characters and the stories that are told with them. Um, but maybe not as done as well from a a cinematography sure. and a direction yeah. style. So six and a half for the killing. All right. So next week is our Christmas episode, even though it's a little early so because excited. we have to celebrate your birthday. So we're doing a very merry toy store. It's a lifetime movie. I think that's one with Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez. Cool. Great. Then your you're bir- welcome. Then your birthday movie, The Replacements. Yes, you're welcome for that one too, baby. Then Blade Runner 2049. It's a good, good, good little mix then my, here. Then the Mullet Awards. Then my birthday movie, which we settled on last week, Brigsby Bear. 
then a my nominated movie, Body Slam, uh, in time for Royal Rumble. That actually might get swapped out because if the Royal Rumble is the following weekend, yes. we'll do it as apropos. So this movie that we're about to draw randomly out of the box would be our first random movie of 2020. I'm going to go kind of at the top here, 2021. I'm going to go kind of at the top here. I'm going to go right... Okay, what are you hoping for here, bud? Uh, well, it's a new year, so I'm hoping for... What do we got over there? We got a couple comedies. We're over a series. Stuff. I don't want a series. I want a, I want a good, just a good solid drama. Well, bam! I don't know what this is. I think this is another criterion, actually. What is it? <laughs> uh, His Girl Friday. I oh, believe. His Girl Friday. It's a classic yeah. movie. How do you not know what it is? It's, uh, it's Clark Gable. Howard Hawks. This is from the nineteen. This is from nineteen forty. Yeah. Yeah. No, this cool is Cary Grant. Sorry, Cary Grant. It Cary is a Grant. Uh, screwball romantic comedy. Okay. So you know, you know how I first heard of this movie because it's nineteen forties because they reference it on uh, Dawson's Creek. Oh great! The one of the shows that shaped my uh, adolescent years. Number nineteen on AFI's hundred years, yeah. hundred laughs. Yeah, list. it's supposed to be great. It's supposed to be a great. Uh, films in public domain because the copyright was not renewed. Comedy love story. Uh, Howard of. Hawks, one of the most famous directors of all time. I was getting this confused. There is a Clark Gable movie that, like, if I'm closing my eyes and I'm, I'm, I'm my photographic memory, looking at like the covers of my Criterion's, I. I'm thinking that it's Clark Gable in like a bed with somebody else, but this is this is not it. So His Girl Friday, so good. I'm glad we kind of are keeping like just like I wanted. I wanted older movies, so we had an older drama noir style suspense movie. We're getting an older screwball romantic comedy, so we can analyze that. That movie when we watch it will be 81 years old. Good lord, hell to the yes. Uh, we will watch that in uh, about a month and a half. <laughs> so get ready for that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Send us an email at marriedwithmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show there as well. Um, Facebook.com slash marriedwithmovies at marriedwmovies on Twitter. Support the show and our entire network monetarily by going to patreon.com slash arcade audio uh check out bonus content uh spoiler we're not gonna finish stacked this year uh what? we can watch it uh when we have our christmas next in uh two weeks we'll see what happens with stacked uh but make sure you check out all the old networks all the old mother awards uh the spelling bee we do have other bonuses there we got to come up with something for 2021 uh, as I mentioned earlier, your host Mullet thirty eight on Instagram. My retro wrestling diary. I dot slash podbloggo from when you're hearing this. Maybe my favorite uh, entry in that is uh, going to be live for Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety one. Very very sentimental and dedicated show. Uh, a dedicated uh, blog entry to somebody special. That's not my wife. Um, oh please, you would never do a blog entry on me. Yeah no talk about you in 1990s wrestling it's two very very different things is it really yeah it is and in some parts it's very accurate uh and i think that's it for me anything for you at jam with your sam on all social medias just can watch her do nothing yeah pretty much hey but when i do it'll be a surprise and it's fun and very entertaining i just said like uh, like an hour ago you weren't yeah but people don't listen to you I'm going to trust your opinion. Because you, they don't listen to me. 
For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Are you asleep doing this? You got your hands behind your back. Your eyes are closed. That's how good you I got, am. You got the one foot sticking out of the blanket so you get the cool air while you're still warm. That's how good I am that I could do this shit with my eyes shut. And she's asleep. Forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.